0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroth and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
2: What up and welcome into a post-game edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast from my basement. I'm James Erpine. It is great to be with you on a Sunday, and uh, a lot to discuss when it comes to the Bengals, they got beat down, thrown around, tossed around, taken out, whatever you want to say, by the Cleveland Browns. 35-20 to was the final score today at Paul Brown Stadium. We're going to dive into that game. You'll hear from Marvin Lewis, multiple players, and your voicemails. I told you I would incorporate your voicemails. That's something I want to do weekly. There's no time like the present, especially with post-game reaction. So let's dive into it. A quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow along on Twitter, at JamesRPN, at LockedOnBengals. You remember that Chris Brown song? It was, really, it was his first big hit, and some of you might not know it, but uh, it's Say Goodbye, and, you know, Chris Brown was like 15, 16 years old when he came out this is a decade ago, maybe even more than a decade ago. And, and basically the lyrics are, there's never a right time to say goodbye. There is a right time to say goodbye. The time is now. This is the it's time to fire a Marv edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. There's never the right time until now. It, that Bengals team looked awful. And what I would do if I was Mike Brown today, and I swear this is exactly what I would do, if he gave me the power, Marvin Lewis would be out, Darren Simmons would be the interim head coach, and that would be it for the rest of the season, period. They looked unprepared. The defense looks worse under Marvin. They couldn't stop Lamar Jackson last week running a high school offense. This week, and I said it, and it was very predictable, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, he's way better than Lamar. And some of you, by the way, when I did the on Browns crossover uh, with, with Jeff Lloyd, oh, what are you? You're supposed to be a fan of the Bengals. What are you doing, James? I'm being honest. I'm being honest. And right now, I don't trust Marv as far as I could throw him. I'm not sure the team does. And if I was Mike Brown, Marvin Lewis would have coached his last game today at Paul Brown Stadium. I get it. The past is the past, and he, he should have, shouldn't have brought him back after the 2015 season. I get all that. Or he shouldn't have brought him back after last season. I get all that. But today would have been his last game if it was my decision, period, point blank, end of story. It should be his last game. 28 to nothing. I'll be honest. i I talked to plenty of people. With the Browns, or, or or in the on the Browns radio network today, or people that are just Cleveland fans, they weren't expecting a beatdown, a blowout, a knockdown, dragout. Oh my goodness! If there's a a running clock, if this was high school, the running clock would almost be on, and that's what it was. I mean, my God! On your Tuesday night softball league, that's what that was—a beatdown. The Bengals got run ruled. That's what happened today. And yeah, Jeff Driscoll came in and the Bengals kind of hung on, they and hung in there and they had the ball inside the 20, inside the red zone, down 15. It's the Cleveland Browns. And that's why I would fire Marvin Lewis. On one hand, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback with the Steelers who you can't beat. On the other hand, yeah, Marvin Lewis has won the division sometimes. Marvin Lewis has done enough with the crew that he has assembled here in Cincinnati. You know why? Part of the reason, at least, why Marvin's had success here is because he's about 500 against the Ravens. He'll split with them, and he'll sweep the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are no longer a dumpster fire. The Browns have a better quarterback than you. The Browns very well could have a better head coach than you next season. If you're the Bengals, you better think... And react now. It's already years late, but you better do it. Otherwise, you're going to be in last place next season. Last place. The Ravens, they're getting a new head coach. The Ravens, they have their quarterback of the future. The Ravens are set up to have success down the line. You know who isn't? Blandy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, Mikey Brown, and these Cincinnati Bengals. And that is my concern. Now, if you insert a new head coach, a new philosophy, a draft, um, where you get the offensive line where it needs to be and a couple linebackers, maybe sign a free agent linebacker for more than one year, maybe spend a little bit of money in that sense, then maybe, just maybe, this team can be good next year. But I think it starts with the head coach. You can't fire the owner, you can fire the coach. Sorry, Marv, it's time to go. Your players say, oh, yeah, we believe in Marv. That's fine. They can say it all they want to. I'm done. Most of these players didn't know who the hell you were when you were hired. I'm older than half the players on the team, at least a a third of the players on the team, at least a third. I was 12 when you were hired. January 2003, Marvin Lewis comes in. You've coached your last game, Marvin. At least you would if it was me. Now, in all honesty, even though that was a performance that would get a coach like Marvin Lewis fired, even though starting 4-1, dropping 5-6, uh, dropping to 5-6, losing, literally think about that. They've lost five out of their last six games. Five out of their last six games. They were 90 seconds away from being 5-1. and one. They flopped to Pittsburgh, get blown out against Kansas City, lick their wounds and beat Tampa Bay, get destroyed by Baltimore, get destroyed by Cleveland. I think I'm missing one of those games in there, but it's okay. Either way, it was another L. It's rough, man. It's rough. And what today is is the perfect time. It's the perfect time to relieve Marvin Lewis of his head coaching duties. And no, don't promote Hugh. Don't promote Hugh to be the guy because he's not the guy. He's Marvin's boy. If you want to interview Hugh to be the head coach at the end of the year, fine. Interview him. But interview a bunch of guys. What I would do. Or a bunch of candidates. What I would do. Is make Darren Simmons. The special teams coordinator. Who it seems like has taken on more, ro- more of a role. Since Marvin Lewis has taken over defensive play calling. That's the guy I would promote to interim head coach. Period. Point blank. Done. I would. And we would go from there. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Up next. We will get to some player interviews, and your voicemails are still ahead. I can't wait to respond to them. Again, if you haven't put this in your phone, the Locked On Bengals voicemail is 513-666-0328. Again, 513-666-0328. We're just getting started here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. First, a quick word from my bookie. My bookie is awesome and where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on that's why i advise you and all of my listeners my bookie go there now check it out my bookie online it's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e they have in-game betting live betting over under and fantasy points and so much more their mobile app is convenient and easy to use i love it and right now they're going to match your initial deposit dollar for dollar just because you listen to this podcast no other reason because you're a locked on Bengals listener, you are going to get your deposit matched, your first one. All you got to do is use promo code locked on 25. So go to my bookie online right now. Use promo code locked on 25. Lay down some cash. Win big today. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. Again, that's promo code locked on 25.
3: This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car.
0: All the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple you put in two hundred dollars, they'll match you with another hundred dollars in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it.
2: Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's get into a couple stats here before. We hear from multiple Bengals players. I still wonder what the hell's going on offense. Obviously, the defense was dreadful. It was carved up, but we knew that going in. This Bengals offense can't go out there and lose the time of possession battle like they did in the first half. They got rolled. I mean, they got destroyed. They didn't give themselves a chance at all. Think about it. In today's NFL, you have to score 30 to give yourself a chance to win. That's known, right? Well, possession number one ends in a missed Field goal, possession number two, punt, possession three, interception. Possession four, they finally score. That's it's it. It's ball game in most it's ball game, period. You know what the Browns did on their first four possessions? Touchdown, 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 touchdown. And then their first possession of the second half, even though the defense finally adjusted and played okay, and I think part of that was because the Browns let their foot off the gas. It's a touchdown because of, of what? Bad snap. Bad snap that breaks potentially breaks. I I don't know for sure that it's broken, but potentially broke Andy Dalton's thumb. Now Marvin Lewis said he didn't think it was that serious, at least based on initial tests with Andy Dalton's right thumb. But it was a bad snap by Billy Price, and Billy Price now you just wonder. Not not that he's a bust or anything like that, but you wonder and you look back and you think and. How much differently we would we view this team if there was someone like Lamar Jackson behind Andy? If there was someone like Lamar Jackson who could be the future, who could kind of turn the page, you could kind of feel like, all right, this era of the Bengals, it's just not working. But this new coach, whoever they bring in, can be an offensive mind and have a first-round quarterback to play with. I don't know. It's just You just wonder there. At least that's a con- a thought that crossed my mind a few times today. Not because I think Billy Price is going to be bad. I think he'll be a fine NFL player or has a chance to be at least. But I I just I wonder if it was smart to do what they did there in hindsight obviously. Hindsight being 2020 at the center position. Other spots on the offense. I mean, if you look at the the final stats, it isn't it isn't crazy. I mean, Mixon averaged 6 yards a carry. I will say though his first five yard five carries went for negative one yards. So it was hard because then they got down by a lot. And it was you know, it's hard to, to keep yourself in the game for that for from that perspective. Um, when Andy Dalton was in the game, he was their leading rusher, had a twenty one yard rush. Giovanni Bernard ran the ball one time for ten yards. Mixon though, they finally learned that that throwing the ball to Joe Mixon makes sense, which if they listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast on at Paul Brown Stadium, they'd know that before. He was targeted seven times, seven receptions, 66 yards, averaged nearly nine and a half yards per reception. Tyler Boyd led the Bengals in receiving with seven receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. CJ Uzama had six receptions on the day, only 39 yards, so he was kind of a check down option all day long. John Ross had three receptions. For 31 yards and a touchdown. Auden Tate got a little action today. Two receptions for 15 yards. And I think just even before Auden Tate caught a pass. I'll go ahead and say this. He should be playing over Cody Core. Which I said last week anyway. But I'm going to go ahead and say it again. He should be playing over Cody Core all the time. And I want more Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Auden Tate. Those are the three wide receiver sets. I think that that's how it should be. Period. Period. Auden Tate has a great catch radius. He's going to be one-on-one a lot of the time. John Ross I I think people forget about how how much defenses are paying attention to John Ross he burned by the way Denzel Ward down the sideline Denzel Wards a very very fine corner rookie corner for the Cleveland Browns burned him and Andy missed him those are the plays this offense can't afford to miss because it doesn't generate big plays anymore it just doesn't so it, it it's it's frustrating to see let's uh let, let's dive into it though let's get some player interviews mix them in and then we will get to your voicemails here is Tyler Boyd with Dan Horde after the game in the Bengals locker room
4: inside the locker room with Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd who had a touchdown catch today and I believe 86 receiving yards boy what a tough day uh, to fall way behind come back kind of make it interesting down the stretch uh, but come up short what's going through your mind right now
5: I hate losing you know I'm a very competitive guy and uh Coming back in after a game like that, you know I'm hurt about, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna continue to play. I'm never gonna stop playing. I'm gonna give it all, no matter what the scoreboard say, and I'm gonna just 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 continue to try to do
4: whatever I can to to make plays. How much are the injuries weighing on everybody's psyche right now?
5: Um, it hurts a team overall, but I still believe that we're a better team. We we just gotta play a little bit better. We gotta make more plays. We gotta play penalty penalty free. And uh, once once I once once we get everybody everybody back, then we we had to be
4: we had the roll. Ain't no, FNs fans on butts. Andy went down with a thumb injury. We don't know the severity. Jeff Driscoll came in and played well. What'd you think of how he played?
5: Oh, he he's a confident player as well. You know, I know he's gonna come in as as the top player that he is. That's the reason why he's here. You know, he came in and played a phenomenal phenomenal game to me. You know, um, so I mean, I think regardless, um. We were still moving the ball with him and in there. We just had to start
4: faster and early in the game. We're talking to Tyler Boyd. Uh, the Browns had some things to say before the game, and it looked like some yapping was going on during it. Did it get under your skin?
5: Um, nah, it didn't get under my skin, but I felt some type of way, you know, because you. how can you say uh, one person justifies a win? You know, but um, at the end of the day, we, we had to go out there and show them that that wasn't the reason, you know, and um, not saying it is, but regardless i'm gonna continue to go out there and and fight my tail off and you know try to try to get as
4: many wins we gotta gotta start winning is it kind of bewildering that it was four and one at one point and it it seemed like you're on the verge of five and one with the steelers down and and it's kind of spiraled in such a bad direction
5: yeah um it hurt a lot especially for me you know i'm i'm real mad but i mean it's football it's the national football league it's hard to, to rally up wins consecutively you know like i mentioned before but um we're we're a great team, and I believe in that. You know, I know I even believe we've got guys that can step in the players' uh, positions that's hurt, and we can still win. You know, but we just gotta play a little bit more perfect. We gotta play penalty free, like I like I mentioned, and just just play.
2: Just play is what Tyler Boyd says. I'm with him. Look, just play. Just find a way to go out there and score and be efficient. I mean, this offense is dreadful. In the in the defense, they couldn't stop Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. It's another reason Marvin should go. They couldn't stop those guys. They couldn't contain those guys. Baker Mayfield thinks it's a joke. I, if I was Baker, I'd be like, what the hell's going on in Cincinnati? They're a joke over there. That's a joke. That's what I would think, honestly. If I was Baker Mayfield, I would be laughing right now. Man, Joe, in four years, when you come up for free agency in your fourth season after that, you better, you better get here. You better come somewhere else you playing there with Andy Dalton and them boys, Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson. What the hell is going on in Cincinnati, Joe? I bet you they have that conversation, former teammates at Oklahoma. Let's continue with the defensive coordinator, the head coach, the man I think should have coached his last game earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium.
6: Dave Lapham caught up with Marvin Lewis on the Bengals radio network. Coach, uh obviously hard to spot any team in the NFL 28 points you know that that's a tough uh, a tough hill to climb once you once you build that thing
1: yeah it's uh you know we we got to play better to open the game defensively we got to make some stops you know uh, we didn't make any stops there on third down and uh, you know we have the quarterback trap and let him out we let him escape uh, and and it ends up being the thing and we got to come and
6: stay in coverage so speaking of quarterbacks Andy Dalton, is there any update on, on his injury at this point? Well, they're just, uh, you know, uh, testing, you
1: know, further testing, and uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, you know, I don't have any other any other update right now. Just that it was his thumb, I, I think it was. His thrown hand, and, uh, you know, so the, the severity of the injury, we're not sure yet.
6: Jeff Driscoll came in, though, and competed his tail off. I mean, the, the guy, uh, the team responded to him, coach. I mean, it was something that I'm sure you like to see that, 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 you know, he, he kind of gave everybody a little bit of a lift. You know, it was like, hey, we're going to go out and get after it and went on a big 13 play scoring drive and, and really had another long drive or two.
1: Yeah, I think Jeff has, you know, continued to play within himself and grow and did a good job there today. And we just got to
6: give him some support and some help early on. Penalties today. I think I don't know what it was, but I think at one point it was like 13 penalties. I don't know what the final number was, but obviously they came in, and they never are good. But they came at in very inopportune times from time to time.
1: Well, we gotta, you know, we gotta do a better job, and and we can't, uh, you know. I know we had a, I think two holds on defense, and then I don't know how many false starts on offense. We had a trip on offense, and and we can't have those things. They called the one penalty on the kickoff that wasn't a penalty. Uh, early in the game that set us back the first offensive drive and uh you know that's not a it's not a call and uh, they missed this totally missed that call
6: that was the one with the wedge the double team in the wedge that that uh that that actually wasn't wasn't uh wasn't the call yeah a- alex erickson was uh was a factor returning punts returning kickoffs i mean you you got some players in this football team that'll compete no matter what the circumstance
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the guys got to keep playing. We just got to get, we got to play right to begin the game and execute and do
6: our jobs better. And was that all it was? I mean, obviously, in the second half, it was a much different football game in the second half defensively. Guys just kind of. uh, Well, we got to keep, just, yeah, we just got to settle
1: down and just do your job. Understand, just do your responsibility.
6: Coach, there was some bad blood that was brewing. I mean, uh, you know, Peppers is a multi-little son of a gun, and, and some of the demonstrations I thought were pretty classless that they were putting on at the end of the football game. I guess every dog has his day, and uh, eventually you're going to get yours back, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know about that, Dave. That's my <laughs> you know, responsibility. We've got we to coach better, get our team better prepared. Thanks, Coach. Thanks.
2: Marvin said something there at the end. I've got to coach better. and Well, duh. You, you definitely have to coach better. And I get it. Th- this team is injured. And the one thing I want to say this, because I've gotten tweets about this, Dan Hort asked Jesse Bates after the game about injuries and someone tweeted me, ah, stop using injuries as an excuse. That's ridiculous. Look, everything can be right. Yeah, the Bengals are ravaged and beaten up and Dre Kirkpatrick and Cordy Glenn and AJ Green and the list goes on and on and on with injuries. By the way, prayers up to Tony McRae. Hopefully he's okay. Obviously they lost Andy Dalton today. They have all these injuries, 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 injuries. No doubt about it. There's no denying that. They've been injury plagued all season long. That can't be debated. But it doesn't mean that Marvin gets a pass. It doesn't mean that, oh, look at all these injuries that this Bengals coaching staff is doing as good of a job as it should. It clearly isn't. The play calling isn't there. The defense isn't there. Now, I'm not saying the talent's there either, but by God, it it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be, oh, Marvin Lewis isn't doing his job well enough, and the Bengals have been ravaged by injuries, and that's where I'm at. Speaking about doing his job, you know who's done a fine job over the past couple weeks? Don't look now. Don't look now. But you know who's done a fine job over the past couple of weeks? John Ross has done a good job over the past couple of weeks. Had three receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown today. It's crazy what happens. It's so weird when you get the ball to John Ross. And he had one drop today, and it was like it was like going to be a six-yard out. And he was going to get popped. And he looked, and the ball went through his hands, and everyone's like, oh, my God, he dropped a shot up. He's going to have drops. That's Receivers have drops. They do. Just like Baker Mayfield had one bad throw today, missed Jarvis Landry wide open in the end zone. He also balled his tail off. And I think John Ross is playing better and better and better and starting to show people... Why I was so high on him? What I saw at Washington. Here's John Ross with reporters at Paul Brown Stadium after the game.
4: That Pittsburgh
7: loss
6: is where things really kind of started to spiral.
7: Uh, honestly, no, because I felt like we played a, a really good game versus Pittsburgh. Um, I did, I don't think we finished, and that was the thing. You know, we all know that. Um, but I just feel like we're so close, and we our team is very talented. We got a lot of guys who can make plays, and it's just it's just it's, it's just really hard to see when you're so close. It's hard to it's hard to just count yourself out um, no matter what and you know things happen every week you never know so you know we're still very optimistic about our future and i'm, I'm sure we're gonna come in and work just like we did this week so
1: on that last drive on the illegal shift penalty what, did you guys were you guys surprised when you came out of the huddle and saw how little time was left on the play clock it looked like you guys were just trying to go too fast
7: yeah i think i don't i don't even know what happened i just i i can't even tell you what happened i, I wasn't ready um <clears throat> so that was, a, that was one on me too. I mean, I gotta get lined up faster. So, you know, it's just, that was one of those things where we were just going so fast and trying to make plays and fatigue, it was just so much going on. You know, it was definitely, you know, one of my downfalls in today's game, not being ready on that play, so. But have,
4: great the last, play. have the last few weeks kind of just almost felt like a nightmare that, that you can't wake up from? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because it's always come down to a dog fight. The last two weeks
7: have been dog fights. Um, you know so i wouldn't say it's a nightmare I, I would just say it's just it's just afc football you know so um you know it's you know all i can say is just we we all know what we got to do we got to finish better and and uh, i think that's the only thing you know we we know we should we should be doing
8: what's the feeling when dalton goes out
7: uh, continue to play uh, just because we we know we don't have a backup quarterback who I mean, we know we have a backup quarterback who's amazing also. You know, um, he comes in and practice he does a great job and he doesn't he doesn't flinch, you know. So with a guy like that, you know, it just it's, it makes it easier, you know, for the transition from him to Andy because we know what he can do.
2: So what do you think happened on that last play? The ones where the the bomb to Tyler and they called an illegal shift? No, I don't I honestly don't know? even know. I was I,
4: I had no idea. I don't think I just think we weren't either we weren't set or I don't know what, what it was. Talking to John Ross, people always say you can't use injuries as an excuse. But when you have this many, does it kind of weigh down on your psyche? Of course it does. And I think that goes for every team. Um, but but you can't. Uh, we all we all have the
7: same job title. Professional athletes. Uh, we all come and do the same thing each and every week. We all prepare the same way each and every week as a team. You know, so it's something, you know, we, we definitely, we're not going to use it. We don't, no one comes in here and says, well, AJ's down, we're not going to win. We're not. Uh, we get a. I know. I know. From speaking for me, speaking for Tyler, speaking for anybody else who's in our room, we just look at the opportunity to go harder, you know. And uh, you know, AJ helps us prepare and for the game. Just tell us, you know, it, it's it's time to do you and don't worry about nothing and play your game. So it's like, I don't. I don't think we we try to use injuries
4: as an excuse at all. Browns had some things to say beforehand and were kind of mouthy during. Did it get under your skin at all? Not at all. Not at all. We. We got
7: When we started making plays, we just, we just talked with our plays. And as the game kept going, every time we made a play, it was just like, well, everything y'all say, y'all going to have to back it up. Because, so, you know, we coming no matter what. So.
2: That's number 15. Look, I, I get it. He still has injury concerns, but I, I think he's turning into a pretty good player. And the thing I thought about <laughs> during the game, I was like, man, I wonder what would happen if he was catching passes from a guy like Baker Mayfield. I wonder what would happen if he was in an offense that knew how to use him. I wonder what happened, what would happen if he had a head coach that wanted him. And I think that would be a, a very interesting, interesting topic with a lot of these players. How would a new coaching staff view them? How would a new coaching staff view Andy Dalton? How would a new coaching staff view Joe Mixon? How would a new coaching staff view Giovanni Bernard? In Tyler Eifert. And all these guys go on. I'm, I'm talking about next season, obviously, assuming Eifert's back. It would be quite interesting, no doubt about that. Speaking of interesting, your voicemails on the Locked on Bengals hotline were interesting. We will get to those next. But first, a word from Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand with the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat Via heating panels similar to a heated car seat, they can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered with a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. Batteries can also be used to recharge your phone and other devices. It provides warmth. Look, they have jackets, they have socks, they have gloves, they have hats. Anything you could imagine, Action Heat has it in men's and women's styles. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm, even in those most frigid of weather. And just for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast, check out uh, Action Heat right now. You're going to get 20% off your entire order. All you got to do, go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. Again, actionheat.com slash locked on and you will save 20% or just use the promo code Locked On when you go to actionheat.com. It is awesome. You should check out their gear. Stay toasty and warm. While you enjoy all of your activities this winter with Action Heat, we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
4: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
0: Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music.
3: What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game but changed their life.
8: It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win.
3: And so much more, who tell the stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was gonna be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G, I really felt it inside of me, I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid.
4: A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit IBM.com slash hybrid cloud.
2: Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. A quick reminder before we get to voicemails, you can leave a voicemail on the Locked On Bengals hotline at 513-666-0328. Let's go to the hotline where Sarah has a question about Cody Core, Auden Tate, and what the hell? Why was
0: Cody Core playing over Tate?
8: The Driscoll and the Auden Tate combination, I, just, I don't understand why they haven't played. Alden Tate over Cody Core in every game we've played. Why do we continue to play Cody Core still? I just don't get it. And and Dalton got her, and then Driscoll came in, and all was well, it seemed like. The the defense started holding them to the three and out.
2: That's Sarah from Indiana. Yeah, I look, a couple things. I think Jeff Driscoll played well given the circumstances, given how bad the offense looked before he got in. Look, the the other thing is, is I'm done with Cody Core. I, I think the Bengals liked him because he could run fast. <laughs> he ran a four four five or four five or something like he was a pretty fast runner, right? He looks the part. He's muscular, he runs a certain amount, you know. By the way, Cody Core had a penalty on special teams today. I'm done with I'm done with number 16. That's a guy probably doesn't survive Marvin Lewis getting canned. Auden Tate, on the other hand, almost had a marvelous catch where he jumped back and he was in the, he had a cornerback all over him and he still almost hauled it in. Had a couple catches on the day. I like what I've seen from Auden Tate. Is he a finished product? No. I liked what I saw in training camp from Auden Tate. Is he close to being done? No. My issue is, is I never wanted to put him out there too soon. The other thing, though, is is I don't know if I should trust Marvin Lewis to make that judgment because I don't think he is the, the guy who should be making that call based on what I've seen. So overall, yeah, I think Auden Tate should be out there more. I'm totally with you, Sarah. Let's continue with Locked On Bengals voicemails. Here is Nick from Tennessee.
8: I'm just going to start by saying this. Thank you, Marvin Lewis. For all the years that, uh, you've been here bringing us out of the pit of misery, um, the, you know, bottom dwellers of the NFL into somewhat, um, national spotlight and stability. That being said, it's just time, man. It's time to live the dream, go up into the front office, do what you do best, get the players. Um, I do not feel that Hugh Jackson, is, as of right now, is going to be a solution. Um, we need a fresh blood, uh, Sean McVay-type, you know, uh, head coach to come here that doesn't uh, – that is not afraid to make the calls to win the damn game. You know, our defense is depleted, yes, by injuries. That being said, everybody in the NFL has got injury issues, every team, Okay. Somewhere, somehow, they've all got injuries. It's just so frustrating, man. I mean, being a, being a Bengals fan my whole life, not even from Cincinnati, but my family's from there, playing them in the early Maddens, to just seeing now that I'm old enough to actually understand, you know, the complexities of, you know, how it works. Now I'm in the thirties. It's so frustrating to see all these teams, you know, say screw, analytics and all this stuff, let's just go for it on fourth down. Let's just do a trick play. Let's just smash mouth it in. Let's just, you know, not play it safe. We're wasting these players' best years, man. And I just don't understand it, man. It's just so frustrating. Yes, injuries play a part, but you just can't use that as an excuse anymore. You just can't. Uh, By the way, thank you, James, for – you know uh doing this podcast man uh you know you will definitely be missed uh you know i love listening to it every morning on my way to work so um you know continue doing your deal brother
2: that's nick in tennessee i appreciate the kind words man thank you for listening i'm with you (laughs) i let off the podcast i think we're on the same wavelength there because the time is now the Chris Brown song, there's never a right time, there's the perfect time. The time is now. The time is literally right now. What what What's today? Today is November 25th. November 26th, there should be a press conference at Paul Brown Stadium where Mike Brown sits at the podium with Darren Simmons. And Darren Simmons becomes the interim head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Why Darren Simmons? Because he's been around. The players know him. The players are familiar with him. Hugh Jackson doesn't know half of these players. Half of these players know Hugh Jackson is the the Browns coach. Darren Simmons is the guy that should be the interim Bengals head coach. You're right, Nick. The time is now. Let's continue with Locked On Bengals voicemails on the Locked On Bengals hotline.
9: Hey, James. It's Brian in Chicago. I'm 35. I've been a lifelong Bengals fan despite not having lived in Cincinnati since I was about 10 years old. There's definitely been some ups and downs being a Bengals fan over the years, but I've stuck with the team as it was one of my last connections to the city, and I had hopes that one day the Bengals would be great. After watching the Chiefs-Rams game last Monday, I remembered that watching football is supposed to be fun and forgot what it's like to watch entertaining football with the Bengals nosediving again this season after some optimism they could turn things around this year. I think I've hit a new low point in my relationship with the Bengals. I don't know what it's going to take to turn things around, But standing pat and not getting some new blood in coaching and players isn't the solution, which unfortunately in the cynic in me is what expects to occur. It's time for change. Marvin isn't getting the job. He's just not getting the job done. Hugh won't get the job done. The league has changed. You can't expect the type of coach or player that was successful 10 or 15 years ago to be successful today when the league is focused on generating interest through video game-type scoring. But Mike Brown isn't going to do anything different unless it affects him and his pocketbook. Fans in the city at large need to wake up and protest the products they're getting or nothing will change. The Bengals are a laughing stock, cheap, little brother organization, and I'm growing more and more tired of defending my fandom. We've all heard the quote about the definition of insanity being doing the same thing and expecting different results. Well, the Bengals organization and fandom need to demand change before they're going to be put on a lifelong prescription of lithium.
2: That's Brian, and look, I get it. I get the frustration. I, I mean, they've not won a playoff game in my life. <laughs> Marvin Lewis has been the head coach since I was 12 years old. Marvin Lewis is a, a guy that – hell, I was 11. I, maybe I was 11. It was 2003. Yeah, I was 11. I was turning 12 that year. I hadn't even turned 12 yet when he was hired in January of 2003. So Marvin Lewis, it's time for him to go. Um, but in this day and age, you just wonder who Mike Brown would hire – that could compete with the Sean McVays, the Andy Reads. You mentioned the Chiefs Rams, and I think that that says a lot. I uh talked to some people with the Browns today in the, the radio network department and all that stuff and they they were talking about, man, there are a lot of Browns fans in the crowd. They were also surprised with how, how many empty seats there were at Paul Brown Stadium. It's not entertaining to watch the Bengals. What what was so refreshing through the first 5 weeks of the year is how entertaining they were. Yes, they were winning 4 and 1. But it was fun to watch them. For the first time since 2015, it was fun to watch the Bengals. What they were doing—it was going down to the wire. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was edge of your seat. It's what we want as fans. That's what you want, right? You want to be entertained. You might not always win. Most teams don't always win. In fact, think about it. New England dynasty—they've won five times. Most of the time, you don't win, but you want to be entertained. The Bengals haven't been entertaining for quite some time. I'm James Erpine. That's going to do it for me today on the Locked On Bengals podcast, a post-game edition. The good news, I'll be back at it tomorrow with Joe Goodberry of The Athletic for our weekly film review. You can follow on Twitter at James or Peanut, Locked On Bengals. And a quick reminder to subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Back at it tomorrow on the Locked On Bengals podcast.